You're listening to the Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the greatest fantasy football podcast show on earth. I'm Andy Akabowski, your co-host and the reigning and defending Steel City champion. And I'm Jimmy Yakabowski, first place, <laughs> Steel City Black Division. Oh, you got to hang on to that, Jim. Jim just scored a big 261 this week with the big W, and that's true. He is now number one in fifth the division. Fifth to first. And I went from, what, second to fifth. That's all right. Jonathan Taylor's going to get going. So we bring you over three decades of experience and the skills to help you dominate your league. It's October 25th, and Jimmy, we're already halfway through the fantasy regular season. We're seven games in and only seven games to go. I think it's really true, Jimmy. Time flies when you're having fun. Are you having fun, Jim? I'm having so Mm. much fun I can't contain myself, especially once you... We're talking about a yeah. tale of two seasons here. Starting off one and three, I'm four and three, flying high. Team's got uh, just, I don't know if you want to say limitless. There there seems to be yeah. no ceiling for the potential. I scored 261 this week okay. without Mark Andrews and, and Jared Goff. So even two of my players did not contribute mm. whatsoever. Yeah, but you had Joe Burrow throw 481,000 yards this week, so don't act like you haven't hit your ceiling. I'd okay? just like to say that was my first round so. pick. I've gotten a lot of uh, I've gotten a lot of uh, flack for for that be him being my first draft pick, and it, it's really who's giving off. you flack, Jim? Well, I was fourth pick in the draft, and let's just say a lot of. Uh, other GMs approached me and felt that they that was a very surprised pick and they thought I'd go a different direction. Yeah. And a couple advised me that I should have gone a different direction. Well, week seven, Joe Burrow was the number one fantasy point scorer in our league, and number two was Jamar Chase. So kudos to you for that. Uh, big win for you. Thanks a lot. But as you said, your team, you know, it's been a, you know, you had ups and downs. You started down on the year. You're worse in the league. Now you've risen up to become first in your division. You're atop of your division. So, Jimmy, could I say that maybe your team has peaked too early? Is that true? They're just sitting there stride. <laughs> they didn't really peak yet. So, anyways, this past weekend, we usually have our big Halloween banger. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, there was probably like 60 or 70 people or whatever. Um, it was a real good time. So, that was a good time. But, uh, yeah, me losing was not a good time. And Sunday night, the Steers wasn't a good time. We'll get that when we get to the pulse on the AFC North. Uh, but today's headlines is brought to you by Pittsburgh Socialites. If you want a hands-free, beautifully decorated home lit up for the holidays, slots are filling up fast. You can reach them at PittsburghSocialites.com. That's P-G-H, Socialites.com, where you can request a quote. Pittsburgh Socialites is a 100% insured and extremely professional luxury lighting company based right here in Pittsburgh. Light beautifully. Jimmy, Monday Night Football, last night the Bears smacked the Patriots in the mouth, defeating the Patriots on the road in Gillette Stadium, 33-14. to Smack. Mac Jones got benched after three drives in favor of Bailey Zappi, while Justin Fields was running all over the Patriots in a season-high designed 12 QB run plays. Previous high before this week was five for Mr. Fields. Yeah, Andy, uh, my uh, 
one of my waiver wire grabs last week, Bailey Zappi, had a led them on a couple TD drives. Um, so, I mean, I guess that was a a nail. Uh, no, no, Jimmy, I'm I'm gonna have to stop <laughs> you right there. Uh, he that performed was, out, way outperformed Mac Jones. No, that was not a nail actually, um, at all, really. You see Zappy's touchdown pass to Jacoby Myers, who's on my team actually. Jacoby Myers? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, good old Jacoby. Plus, you, did you let you like the clutch move by? making a linebacker change because Morrow has done jack for me for the Bears. Uh, Bailey Zappi had three points, Jim. I had to pull it up, but he had three points last night. Well, Jacoby Myers Chicago. caught a touchdown pass from So him. Bailey Zappi actually was a fail. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a nail to go out and grab Bailey Zappi on the waiver wire last week. Hmm. 14 completions, 22 attempts, 185 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Yeah, well, yeah he was... Uh, Mac Jones kind of put the, you know... Mac Jones only played three drives. This is basically Zappy's show. You know, the Patriots totally tanked, and the Bears mm. beat them. But you know who really won in that game, Jim? Do you want to know who really won? Matt Judon? Not Matt Judon. I have him as linebacker. Two and a half sacks. I mean, great game for Judon. Picked but no, him up off Judon. the waiver wire. The real winners in this, hmm. the betters. Las Vegas. They cashed in last night. Did Big they? time. Huge time. Nobody picked the Bears, Jimmy. Nobody did? Nobody. Not even the Bears picked the Bears. I mean, Everybody. eventually, don't you think Justin Fields will start catching on? Um, if they have him keep running the ball, sure, yeah. See, here's the thing about Fields. I think he's extremely talented. I think he's very athletic. I just think he doesn't have the cast around him to actually do that great. Um, Monday night was a showing of that, even though they crushed the Patriots. Darnell it Mooney was basically him running around. One. Well, Fields should just run the ball. That's all you need to do. Just he's like Terrell Pryor in Pittsburgh back in the day. Just hand the ball to Pryor, let him run. So, and not the Steelers, actually, just the high school who used to go here. Um, anyways, in other news, Christian McCaffrey, Jimmy, this is probably the biggest news headline of the week. Christian McCaffrey is surprisingly traded to the 49ers. The Panthers receive a second, third, and fourth round pick in next year's 2023 draft, and also a fifth round pick in 2024. The 49ers, Jimmy, had already dealt away their first-round pick in next year's draft, so they literally have almost no draft capital next year in 2023. Ouch. Was this a smart move for the 49ers? No. Can you elaborate? Um, elaborate. Um, I don't see them competing for the Super Bowl. Okay. I think there's some flaws <laughs> <laughs> on the team. Right. I mean, well, for starter for starters, you know, um, Debo. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but he's kind of nursing a hamstring injury right now. Yeah, that's an so that, this week's so that's injury a, report. A major issue. Right. Um, and uh, I mean, gave up 44 points to the Chiefs last weekend. It's the Chiefs, though, Jimmy. Right. Yeah, it's Mahomes. They don't got. They don't got to see them till they get to the Super Bowl this year. I know, but I mean, you shouldn't be giving up forty four. I mean, it, I I think they're probably mid. Let's say mid, <laughs> middle of the pack in the NFC. They're they're not gonna. They're not one of the top tiers right now. 
as being a complete team. So you think them getting with their draft capital was a terrible way to get McCaffrey? Right. McCaffrey wasn't the missing piece to the team. What is the missing piece? What is the missing piece? Um, Because, Jimmy, they're only one game back. Maybe having... They're only one game back in the NFC West. They're they're three and four. The Seahawks are leading that division right now at four and three. I mean, they're well within... You know, they get in the playoffs. Anything can happen, Jim. If McCaffrey studies that playbook... They could be dangerous. Yeah. Um, Very I, dangerous. But, yeah, I pass agree. Pass rush and secondary. The way I look at it, it's like they made the Babe Ruth move, you know? The 49ers stepped up to the plate. They won a fastball. They got it. It's coming down the pike. They took a huge swing with this McCaffrey trade, right? With this McCaffrey trade. And it, they're either going to connect with that ball, it's going to send it over the stands, or they're going to strike the F out, and they're going to be done this year and probably done for the next freaking half decade. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I see a strikeout. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> I, I, don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything, but actually Christian McCaffrey is a candidate on this week's Hope or Despair yeah. segment. So we'll just, get to that just later. Just to be honest, I, I don't, let's say, don't wish any ill will on anybody here. Um but just the trend of McCaffrey and injuries that he's had over the past couple years, I don't really see that changing too much. It just seems to be just, you know, always having something just, you know, go. I hear you. You're saying he's injury prone. Go terribly wrong. Yeah. Injury yeah. prone. Yeah, very susceptible. Yeah. It's a lot to invest in, in a lot. A running back, which you know, that a lot position, to invest. A lot that, of those guys get hurt because they basically attack on every single play. So a lot of contact in that position. So I hear you. So that giving away that that amount of uh, let's say draft stock, stock in the draft capital, yeah, right. that's that's such a high risk, and it's not like it. You're not going to be rewarded if you can stay on the field. Just the uh, the trend has not been on the yeah. field. <laughs> I guess we'll see if he stays healthy. There's also another breaking running back trade, but we'll get to that one later in our show. On uh, other news, Matt Ryan is benched for the remainder of the season. Oh, oh Jets. Yeah. No, Jets. no. You the Jets? That one? Huh? Bringing in Robinson from the Jets. No, I said later in the show, uh. Jimmy. Where is your head at? <laughs> Screw your head on. You know what? I'm going to buy a I hate Jimmy t-shirt. <laughs> I hate Team Jimmy. <laughs> this car- later in the show. Must Gosh. be the coffee. This coffee's great. It's just regular I, Pike I, Place, Starbucks. It's nothing. Yeah, I haven't had. I never had Jack all day. Oh my. Anyways, all up now. All right, we'll get to the Brees <laughs> Hall story and the James Robinson story in a bit. But Matt Ryan is benched for the remainder of the season in favor of Sam Ellinger to start for the Colts. Wow. Yep. Matt Ryan has injured his shoulder, and we'll I get to see, the. I did see a stat on that. What's that? That with. Eilinger, Ellinger, Eilinger, he Eilinger. that the Colts <laughs> now have an eleven percent chance of winning division with him at quarterback. What was the percentage prior to Mister? Don't know. Ellinger? Don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> I saw that stat highlighted. Yeah, like on, is that a, ESPN? Is that trending up or is that trending down at eleven percent? That's a big deal. That matters, right? Eleven percent chance, but go up, the Jags go at up. two and five had okay. like a twenty-seven percent chance. 
Okay. But the Colts have a better record right now. That's how much faith they have in oh, Islanders. So it's trending down. <laughs> Islanders trending down. trending down. It's definitely had down. That's why they, they yeah. had highlighted Well, it. Matt Ryan had a shoulder injury, but they said that's not why he got benched. They said it was due to poor performance. Mm. So they plan on going ahead with Islander, even though he has literally zero experience at all. He has zero NFL has snaps. Zero. But um, through seven weeks, Ryan had thrown for 2,008 passing yards, nine touchdowns, and nine interceptions. He averaged 15 fantasy points per game. Um, so he's replaced yeah. by Islander, the six-round pick out of the 2021 draft. Um, zero snaps to date. Well, we all know that uh, Tennessee so. Titans will end up wrapping that division up anyways. Are you going to run a, Are you gonna run on the waiver wire and grab Sam Eilinger tonight? No. No, I'm too stacked at the QB position. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Mister Barrow. What I, what I tell you uh, a couple of weeks ago, before what? before the lines went on by, Goff got fifty some points. Yeah, fifty fifty two points. Ex- Trying to remember the exact number here. Yeah. I said when I put him in, he's gonna get like negative, and he did it this week, just because I had him in my lineup. Of course, That's what I, it got, I got the Goff jinx. Yeah, that's why I have Christian Kirk on the bench. He gets 20 points a week. As soon as I put him in, he's going to get me, you know, three points. Um, also, on the Indianapolis Colts, they also have 33-year-old Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles on the roster, who's now the backup behind Sam Eilinger. Um, so, but plan is now with Eilinger, who has a super cushy matchup at home this week versus the Commanders in Week 8. And he's available, Jimmy. This is no surprise. 99% of leagues across all formats. Nick Foles will go in before that game's over. I just hope somehow this jump starts Jonathan Taylor's year. That's all I want. Yeah, it's been quite a surprise. The uh, Let's say the plummet in uh, Jonathan Taylor's production. Well, he got hurt, you know. Now he's back to getting healthy, so I just hope the J-train starts moving along or else... I'm going to be in real, real trouble. <laughs> going to be in real big trouble with that, that franchise tag of yours. Yes. In other news, two referee officials, Jimmy. Did you see this one about the two referees and Mike Evans? No. Two referee officials were in hot water after a video goes viral showing them asking Mike Evans for an autograph in the tunnel after the game where the Buccaneers fell to the Panthers 21-3. to Okay, what's the catch? There is no catch, I guess. They asked was, for his autograph? Yeah, they're making a big deal about it. Why because, is it a headline? Because the NFL rules state that referees are not allowed to ask players for autographs. Why? <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of my take on it. Like, I don't know. They're like, I mean, they'd be their fans too. Like, they're people. They're fans yeah, too. Right. Like, it's not like they're betting on the game. Like, no, whatever. But I guess they're making a big deal over whatever. But, they're yeah. Not, they're not AI, <laughs> I guess AIs and stripes. Here on Yak Brothers, we just, you know. <laughs> We recognize that humans are still humans behind the stripes, <laughs> right? So the Buccaneers fall to three and four on the year. Yeah. Um, Evans led the Bucs with nine receptions for 96 yards, although he did have many drops in that game, and he had a surefire touchdown drop in the first quarter. So that's not somebody I'd be asking for an autograph for after the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yep, that's that one. So, And this brings you to the pulse on the AFC North. Uh, the Ravens hang on to win at home versus the Browns 23-20 as the Browns lose yet another close game, making it their fourth loss on the year by a deficit of three points or fewer. 
Bengals at home completely decimate the Falcons 35 to 17 as Joe Burrow goes off 481 passing yards and three TDs. And he had 56 points in our league with our bonuses. Ravens play Thursday night. What? What are you mumbling hmm. over there? I was just noticing a match. Oh, just breaking up another one of your segments, Andy. <laughs> just totally <laughs> screwing up the show. <laughs> Anyways, Burrow had 45 points in standard league, which is just completely unreal, ridiculous numbers. Yes. Burrow and Chase were the top two fantasy players in week seven, like I said earlier in the show. Burrow had 56 points, and Chase had 48 points as he had eight catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. I'd just like to uh, take this time to uh, reiterate that uh, Joe Burrow is my starting QB, Mm. first-round pick, and he's going to end the year as probably QB1 in the rankings for points. Yeah. The Steelers fall on the road to the Dolphins 16-10 in a game where both teams fail to score any points in the second half. They, meaning the Pittsburgh sports media and the fans, really want to pin the blame on somebody, particularly in one person. And I think that's solely because you can pit the blame on one person, and then if you can get a handle on that problem, you could quickly find a solution, i.e. fire said person, replace them. And I've heard everything from Tomlin, Matt Canada, uh, the whole O-line is one failing unit. And now, Jimmy, some people are calling for Pickett's head. Hmm. Jimmy, where's your blame fall? Um, I would have to primarily put it on Tomlin. All right, so do you think you should fire Mike Tomlin? Tomlin basically had, um, I don't know what type of uh, screening process he had with choosing an offensive coordinator a few years ago. Matt Canada should never had the job in the first place. Very true. There was, like you had mentioned a few shows ago, the uh, biography. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the hit, That's the, a good one. If you want to go back in a show and you want to hear about Matt Canada's backstory, I lay it all out there. Me and Jimmy lay it all out in his backstory. It is pitiful that he's a OC right now in the NFL. Yeah, all the colleges you pretty much mentioned in biography, they did not have a very prolific offense in uh, <laughs> during his tenure, and he seemed to be uh, one year or two years and out. Yeah, he and on a, to the next school. Extremely high turnover rate, very so, short stints. So, I mean, with that with the track record, I wouldn't necessarily call that years of experience. I would just say that those were you know failed outings. Yeah, failed out at East School. Like, well, there's a um, thousand colleges and universities across the great land of uh, United States of America, so I could just go find another job, and that's what he did. Just bounce from place to place. So besides that and Tomlin's choice of having him as offensive coordinator, um, it's also been brought to my attention that he has stated that he has been questioned about his – let's just say his involvement in calling plays. And he says that he has a large involvement in play calling on that team. Wow. So it isn't just Matt Canna making calls that he has a great influence in a lot of the play calling. So, Hey, got to go to the head coach on that one. Well, if that's true, then, then it is all on Tomlin, you know, because I was just going to say that you couldn't pin on Tomlin if it's just like, 
a GM issue thing if it wasn't just Tomlin's discretion whether he should be the offensive coordinator or not, right? I'm sure other people had input on him getting that position, don't you think? Probably not. Well, I guess it wouldn't even matter even if other people did have a opinion on position because if you what you said is correct, Jim, he basically just admitted that he has a large portion of decision-making when it comes to offensive play calls, so... I guess you'd have to get rid of Tomlin if you wanted to improve, right? And if not, then you should just accept what you have, which is just a mediocre or worse football team. Right. All right, that's enough about that, Jimmy. I don't want this to turn to another grind my gears segment on the Steelers. But, uh, yeah, that's just all we need to say about that. So this brings us to, if you can hear that, Jimmy, that siren signals this week's injury report. And, Jimmy, the bodies keep piling up. I can't believe the season that we're having right now. As you said earlier, Brees Hall, Brees Hall has a season-ending ACL tear that has been confirmed. That's ending the number one running back taken in this year's draft. He was number 36 overall. Uh, Michael Carter will take over as the lead back for the Jets. Or will he? Jags running back <laughs> James Robinson lands in New York via a trade, which Jimmy already let the cat out of the bag on that one. But I'm sure Ooh. you guys already knew that if you're paying attention. If you're not, then... Then you're probably not doing too good. And I hooked you up early. (laughs) Hooked you up early. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! So, but yeah, James Robinson's not probably available in your league anyways. But uh, yeah, Jimmy, what's the... uh, So there's not a lot of faith in Michael Carter there. Probably not. I mean, no, not at all. They they went out right away and got James Robinson, which was kind of like odd because James Robinson last week, I guess he was in like 12 to 15 snaps or so, but they never actually gave him the ball. Which makes you think that they were already planning on dishing James Robinson out to somebody, anyways. And the fact that Brees Hall went down, the Jets became the most available candidate, and so James Robinson landed there. Right. So, kind of, kind of odd there. So, which is a shame because Brees Hall had been tearing up the past few weeks. Yeah, he did actually start turning around. <laughs> um, but I think this really just opens the door up for Travis Etienne to really start taking over that backfield and being the real workhorse in Jacksonville that I believe that he can be. Um, other people hurt DK Metcalf carted off the field in week seven on the road against the chargers. He injured his patellar tendon that's in your knee. Uh, mm-hmm. they say he will not require surgery, but there is no timetable for his return. Tyler Lockett will step in to serve as Seattle's WR one. Um, Matt Ryan has confirmed shoulder separation, but as we talked earlier about this week's in the headlines, he has been benched for the remainder of the season. For now. Matt Ryan. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. No? <laughs> Nothing? His uh, swan song. Well, he's probably going to retire. Swan. He probably soon. should. He's about... There's a, he's definitely... I don't know if, if we're really going to cover this He had a much, nice career. But I, I would say there should be three candidates for retirement coming up here. Right, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, and who's the third? And Rodgers. Mm. Yeah, he's another one. Discount double check. Also, Ezekiel Elliott has a contusion to his right knee. He was still able to finish the game, but he is listed at questionable this week in Week 8 home versus the Detroit Lions. Debo Samuel suffered a hamstring injury and is considered day-to-day and questionable for Week 8 on the road against the L.A. Rams. As you can hear my page turn, it's just a plethora of injuries. It's just a long, long list. The Chargers receiving court, Jimmy, get this. They couldn't find a better time to have a bye week as Keenan Allen still remains questionable for week nine, so two weeks from now, with a hamstring injury. 
And adding to that mess is Mike Williams is doubtful for Week 9 versus Atlanta due to an ankle injury, while their third-string receiver, Josh Palmer, still remains in two weeks' concussion protocol. There's literally almost nobody there in Chargerland to catch a football. They're done. Unreal. So didn't you say Herbert? Herbert's Herbert passed the ball despair? No, we said hope. I thought you said despair. I said hope. No, I said hope too. Okay. Well, let's change that. <laughs> no, he had a decent game last week. Back I think to, we talk about that later in the show. Back here. to despair. I think I put that in here. We talk about him. Mm. Herbert's going to toss the ball up and he's going to catch it himself. <laughs> Justin to Justin. <laughs> also, Justin Hubbard, or sorry, Chaba Hubbard. They're going to put Khalil yeah. Mack. Clean in, in a slot. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> He's big dude. Joey Bosa. He's on my fantasy team. The other side. Chubba <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hubbard hurts his ankle in week seven with the absence of McCaffrey in Carolina. Hubbard and Foreman had opportunity and they formed a two headed committee. But now it looks like Foreman will be the one taking over that backfield. On week seven, Dante Foreman had 27 fantasy points, 118 rushing yards, and two catches for 27 yards. While Chuba had 63 rushing yards, two catches for 10 yards, and a rushing touchdown. He had 15 fantasy points. So, but now with Chuba being injured, it looks like Foreman's going to be the one to take over that backfield. So, but Jimmy, there's still many more I didn't mention. Despair. But every year it seems like the injuries rack up more and more. But this year it seems like there's just way more than most. Don't you think? Or is this typical? I think there are more. Let's let's just say there are more protocols than there used to be. That's true, but I feel like, especially when you're talking, I know there's the whole concussion protocol right, thing. Right, you and, have concussions and now. I know and they have being like extra careful. There's, there's tweaks and stuff, and not necessarily like totally injured, like bones sticking out and stuff like that. That you're like out. Guys going to AR like. Being a little, it seems like they're being a little more careful, guys. But it seems like the injuries that are happening aren't just tied to like majority running backs and a few wide receivers. It just seems like across the board, like wide receivers, quarterbacks, um, all of the skill players, minus the tight ends, they seem to be staying pretty healthy. But the rest of the guys, I mean, it just seems like they're just going dropping like flies. It's unreal. I think that, especially when you're talking big business nowadays as the NFL is and massive contracts there are a lot of guaranteed money in those contracts players aren't going to play if they're not at 100% if they have the slightest injury they're going to you're saying the team's going to not want to risk the player's going to want to stay on the sideline as much as they can because they're guaranteed money anyways right Mm, maybe 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 you're onto something but yeah it just seems like every week you pull up the injury report, you see there's guys hurt over the weekend, and you see at least at least half a dozen big name players that are injured. So it's crazy. This brings it to rewind, nail or fail. I can promise you no other show does this. We rewind back to our last week's show, play the callback, and find out whether it was a nail or a fail. And here's a rewind from last week's on the wire. Oh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Still one of still mine. Right off of Jimmy. I actually have two more beyond that. All right, very good. I only got that one for you this week. Kenyon Drake, um, if, if J.K. Dobbins cannot go, you're looking for a very good matchup for Kenyon Drake this week. So if he's available, go look at Kenyon Drake. 
there was my call last week on the show about Kenyon Drake. Uh, that was a fail. Um, although he stay, he may still lead the backfield. As Gus Edwards is questionable with a knee injury. Uh, the Ravens are on a short week this week as they go on the road to take on the Buccaneers on Thursday night. Jimmy, we've talked about skill players. We've said year to date the best skill players each week. We like to highlight a position. We've highlighted quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. This week, we're going to look at the other side of the field, the defensive players, the IDPs, in particular, the linebackers. We're going to highlight this week's year-to-date NFL's best linebackers. You ready for this, Jimmy? The top five. Top five? Top five, yep. In reverse order. In reverse order because it's so much more suspenseful that way. And number five, Drew Tranquil for the Chargers at 119 points. Hmm. Four, Pete Warner of the Saints with 120 points. On my team. Jordan Brooks, Seahawks, 121 points. Foy, Foy Alucon at number two for the Jags at 125 points. He's on my team. And at number one, Jordan Hicks for the Vikings with 127 points. Oh. Isn't that something? It's very interesting. Yeah, I was actually targeting, besides having Werner on my team, Mm -hmm. um, Brooks. Yeah. Those are the two I was looking at. Yep. At the time. I mean, Jordan Hicks. Happy to have one. That guy, he's a guy that's been around the league for a long time. Eight years of experience. He's 30 years old. And he's a guy that still is... So not, he's on the Vikings. So he I got, mean, he's not only he playing at the top in, level. Brought in from the Eagles. Yeah. He's not only playing at the top level, but he's a better level than anyone at the position. It's very impressive. On the year, he has 56 total tackles, 36 solo, 20 assisted, two sacks, one forced fumble, forced pass defended, four, which is rare for a linebacker. Only six, back, six linebackers in the league total four or more passes defended so far this year. The most is Devin Lloyd from Jaguars which is interesting, has impressive six passes defended this year. Um, and Hicks also has one interception on the year. So he's having one heck of a year, Jimmy, for a 30-year-old. Kind of reminds me of myself back in the heyday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, it's time for my second favorite segment, Anytime Touchdown Scores. You ready for this, Jim? First, we're going to review last week, um, anytime touchdown scores. I got the call sheet here from last week, Jim, to see how well we did, okay? Nice. We'll bounce this back and forth. We each gave you a three, five, and seven-man parlay um, to hopefully fill your pocketbooks with some money. So, Jimmy, bouncing this back and forth. Andy, that's me, gave you a three-man parlay with Chase, Tyreek Hill, and Geno Smith. That was one for three as Chase was the only one to score a touchdown. He scored two touchdowns, so I failed you there. Jimmy's three-man parlay was Chase, Fournette, and Barkley. He scores with Chase, too, but Fournette and Barkley both failed to score touchdowns. So we busted off out of the gate, Jim. Busted. Zero points for the parlays for us. Um, I also gave you, although it's mute at this point, I gave you a four and five man, or four and five to make it a five-man parlay. Eckler had two touchdowns, and Jacobs had three touchdowns. Damian Pierce for a six-man, and then I gave you Joe Burrow for a seventh-man. 
Damian Pierce did not score a touchdown, but Joe Burrow did run one in. So I was four for seven. I only scored zero points because none of those actually paired up for a parlay. On Jimmy's side, his five-man parlay, he gave you Damian Pierce, who did not score, and Mike Williams, who scored one touchdown. And then for his six and seven, he gave you Debo, who did not score, and Travis Kelsey, who also did not score. So Jimmy, you went for ah, you went for it. Yeah, you went for a pathetic two for seven. But we both scored zero points. So our st- score, Jimmy, after uh, I think we're doing this for three weeks now, we're still zero to zero. Still knotted up. So are you ready for you give your picks this week, Jim? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. At this what point, the hell? if you're putting big money on these parlays that we're giving you, you might want to dial that back a few bucks. Okay? <laughs> no, you should ramp <laughs> it up. At least definitely from You Jimmy. can ramp it up. But just you can heat, ramp up mine. Just heating I'm up. I'm probably going to hit this week, just to let you know. Probably going to hit. I gave this an 80% chance, okay? For my three-man parlay. Actually, Jimmy, I'm going to give you the honors. You can go first this week. Okay? Yes. Switching it up. The honors. You ready? Yeah, huh? Okay, Andy. For my three-man parlay, started to sprint out the gate here. Okay. You fired up? Don't bust. Do you get this analogy? Because when I say sprint out the gate, this guy is actually a historical track star. Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert will be one to get an anytime touchdown. So three man, three man parlay. Mostert, Dalvin Cook, and Derek Henry. Nice for three. Nice. Expanding it to five. I'm gonna throw in. Gabriel Davis, Saquon Barkley. Okay. Copy that. Expanding to seven. Yep. I'm going to go with T. Higgins and Josh Jacobs. Nice. Very good, Jimmy. Very good. All right. My three-man parlay. I got you Jalen Hurts. Sorry, Pittsburgh fans. Kenneth Walker and Tyreek Hill. For my five-man, I added... Stephon Diggs and Jonathan Taylor. For the seven-man parlay, for the big, big money, I get added Derrick Henry and Dallas Goddard. Boom. All right, Jimmy, it's time for On The Wire, this week's hottest waiver wire pickups. I got one guy for you um, if you're in desperate need. Sam Ellinger, give him a look if you're struggling in the quarterback department or if you have Mahomes or Herbert on by this week as the Chargers and Chiefs are taking the week off and need a quickly weekly fill-in. Ellinger is playing against the abysmal Commanders this week and could put up some decent points for you in a one-week bye-week replacement. He's available in 99% of leagues across all formats. Look for him. Trust me. He's there. And Jimmy, it's time for my favorite segment, Hope or Despair. Jimmy, we talked about this a little bit. Last week, we only had one guy on the chopping block, Justin Herbert. We said, not just you, but we said hope if Allen starts. Al did start last week, and Herbert played decent. 17 fantasy points, 293 passing yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Not bad for wide receiving corp. That is clearly not helped. They going to bring in OBJ? They got to bring in somebody. You know, that's not a bad idea. I would, you know. But I heard he is asking for a lot of money. So, we'll see. On this week's chopping block, Jimmy, I have two candidates for you. 
The first one is 49ers' newest acquisition who only scored seven fantasy points, Mr. Christian McCaffrey. Jimmy, is it a hope or despair? I'm going to have to go with uh, despair. Ooh, despair from Jimmy. For reasons that I've kind of already highlighted earlier. Yeah, I heard. You say he's injury prone. Right. That's it. Well, I'm going to say hope until proven otherwise. You have to believe in McCaffrey. You just have to. The guy's a stud when he's on the field. So, Next candidate I have for you is Lamar Jackson. Lamar looking for that big contract, bigger than what Deshaun Watson got out of Cleveland, started off the year in absolute fire, and now through four straight weeks has underperformed his expectations. 10 fantasy points in week four versus Buffalo, 13 in week five versus Cincinnati, 13 in week six versus the Giants, and now only six points here in week seven versus Cleveland. Jimmy, is it a hope or despair for Mr. Lamar Jackson? I think a few shows back talked about how he, when he was flying high, that he'd be, you know, coming back down to earth. That's what you said. Yeah. Maintaining. I remember saying right. that. Right. Um, Is that a hint, hint? Make that a rewind. Hint, hint. hint. That was <laughs> definitely a hint, hint. Rewind. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's a no. I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's more like uh, being at a crossroads between hope and despair. For me, you got to pick one or the other, Jim. That's the whole point of this segment is hope <laughs> or despair. It's not hope and maybe and despair. Nope. Got to go with one or the other. Despair. Um, Do I need to explain the hope and despair segment idea to you again? Hope is you keep him. You do not drop him. You keep starting him. He's a stud. Despair means trade him, drop him. Obviously, you wouldn't drop Lamar Jackson, but you trade him. Okay. You know, that's what it means. All right. Yeah, so is it hope or despair? I'm going with despair. Despair from Jimmy. Receiving core is awful. Oh, my. That's also a despair from me, Jimmy. I think the DCs, that's defensive coordinators, have figured this guy out. Uh, He should have signed that big contract. Baltimore offered him at the beginning of the year. Jimmy, this concludes the end of our show. Remember, every Tuesday we post our On The Wire segment from our podcast show on TikTok, where we'll give you players you want to scout out and pick up on your league's waiver wire. Our TikTok handle is at T-H-E Yak Bros. That's at the Yak Bros. We also are on Twitter where you can follow us live during the games. Our Twitter handle is Yak Bros, Y-C-K-B-R-O-S. I also like to post ridiculous and funny NFL memes on there I found online or some that I made myself. Also, be sure to hop on our Facebook page, Yak Bros Fantasy Football Podcast Show, where you can post us a question and be featured on this week's show. Also, hit the like button and we'll invite you to our Yak Brothers private fan group where you can ask us questions to us directly. It helps grow our show and put money in our pocket. Actually, I don't think we've been done on the show yet, Jimmy. (laughs) 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 But you know what? The Canada Canada crowd has really bumped up its game. It now accounts for 25% of our listening audience. Right. this this be kind of a good nice segue as far as you know talking about making a dime. Um, we might be uh, reaching out for a GoFundMe page. <laughs> I'm not sure that's it, even legal. At some point, is it? I don't know. I don't think so. We'll have to consult our legal a, team on that one. A promotional <laughs> GoFundMe page, maybe for marketing purposes. Maybe you'll catch us tailgating down mm. to the Steelers game. We'll put out a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please please sponsor us. 
I've, um, I've seen like those dueling piano shows where they have the you know the jar on the piano. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean bucket. Yeah, jar, bucket. Yeah, we'll do that. A hat, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast can be found on almost every podcast app now. We're on Apple iTunes. We're also Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, <laughs> iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, blah 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 blah, and a whole lot more. So, good luck to all you GMs out there, and. By God, I'm going to win this week. <laughs> and good luck to our ever-growing international fan base yes. out there. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Later. Bye.